0: Another episode of Two Whatever's Way Up. We're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, directed by James Gunn. Let me introduce our panel before we get into it. We have, as always, Jesse Fresco in the house. I'm here.
1: This is good. This is a good movie.
0: And uh, returning from from many, many previous episodes, we have Ulrich from Geeks with Shields Podcast. How you doing, buddy?
2: I'm not crying. There's just something in my eye. Ah.
0: Oh, my Lord. So many tears shed. Um yeah, just I love to come screaming out the gate on these episodes. This movie's so good. Yes. Oh my god. Oh, it's Holy so fuck. fucking good. So fucking good. What a way to start the summer. Like this is this is uh just giving me all the the summer restart vibes that I needed. Mm. And that and another banger of playlists. Oh yeah, my oh. god, just
1: Dude, dude, Radiohead Creep has been all over fucking TikTok, dude. Oh Jesus yeah. Christ. Oh my god. That and uh Dog Days Are Gone. That that has been playing over and over again.
0: The one I keep seeing is the uh the Adam Warlock Oh uh, yeah. What? What? Oh, my god. All right, so let's uh let's run around the table. Uh I I've got to hear like Going in, what were your expectations? Walking out, how were you feeling? Ulrich, uh, what what was your experience like?
2: I was excited because I've loved all these movies. I love James Gunn's filmography, but I was a little Mm. bit afraid that that, it was getting overhyped because everyone's like, oh, this is the best one yet. Oh, this one's going to make you cry and be so sad. I'm like, I'm either in incredible danger or I'm going to be totally underwhelmed. Mm. And then it ended and Slagathor turned to me and said, what did you think? I'm like, give me a second. I got to pull myself together. (laughs)
0: yeah damn
2: this movie hit me in new and unexpected ways that I'm like okay I'm prepared for this this and this and then it found new ways to get me like oh that's dirty that's a below the belt
0: oh yeah yeah really coming for just the absolute throat on feelings Uh, Jesse what about you what what were you thinking going into it and then what were you uh, experiencing as you walked
1: out I mean I expected it to be good because it's a James Gunn movie I didn't expect it to be that goddamn good (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Especially considering the fact that the MCU has been kind of, like, in a ditch recently. Like, Phase 4 really steered this thing into a fucking proverbial ditch, and they just haven't been able to get it back out.
2: It's Th- been good, but not great. Really? Uh, Did you watch uh, Ant-Man 3, you fuck? <laughs> I'm the only person that seems to like Ant-Man 3, and I finally yes. what it is. Yes, and you will
1: remain the only person that likes
2: Ant-Man 3. Well, I figured out what it is. I don't like the other two Ant-Man movies, oh, okay. because that's not a story I'm interested in. This is a story I'm interested in and it carries my disinterest in Ant-Man like, no, cool, weird, cosmic-y, He-Man style battles. That's mm. my bag. Ant Man's no. here? Okay, cool, whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> no, good. no, it was it, it was a Fantastic Four movie. That's all Yeah. yeah. And that was like, yeah. oh, this
2: is why this works for me. This is why it didn't work for everyone else. Like everyone wants Paul Rudd Hijinks. I'm like, no, fucking I could
1: care less. Yeah, well, good luck uh, (laughs) continuing that storyline now that all that shit about Jonathan Majors has come out. Uh, Oh, boy. Best of luck to you guys. I can imagine just Kevin Spikey just drinking himself into oblivion every day. Oh, fuck, dude. What do I do? I
0: just, I want to see the blanket whip of just knocking shit off the table, all the plans for the next two phases. Like, Kang Dynasty gone. No, they'll retool
2: it, but he's so good. Well, and they the they can't is, they can't retool
1: it because they already shot all of Loki season two and he's the main villain. What do you do now?
2: Oh, that that is true. They are so yeah. fucked. They are so. fucked. Yeah. Well, they they. I won't say they've come back from worse, but the worst they had was uh, what's his face is Hulk, and then they quietly replaced him between. Oh, Ed Norton. Ed Norton. Yeah, Ed Norton yeah. was like the worst. I'm like Ed Norton is bad in his own unique way. This is a whole other clusterfuck.
0: He's he's been defending his choices in that movie recently, I saw. That's nice. He wants back in? Oh well too late. Fuck. <laughs> well, no, he he was saying that he thought that they were out to do a, a unique, interesting film, and that's <laughs> that's where the separation was. He 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 recognized that the MCU was going to turn into a machine early. That's his. Uh, that's his outlook. Whether I, maybe maybe he's right. I don't know. I, I'm not. That's not why you. they fired him. Though. That's definitely not why they. fired they him. They fired him because he's an asshole.
1: Yes. <laughs> so uh,
0: a friend of mine sent me this post uh, to kind of wrap up Phase Four, and I and I loved it because it was Black Widow. Mixed reaction. Shang Chi. The MCU is back. Eternals. Mixed reaction. No way home. The MCU is back. <laughs> and it just keeps like switching back and forth between the reactions because that's how it's been it's it's been kind of like there's been a series of like near misses like they're they're all right c movies and then like a like really good bag of stuff in phase four
2: how quickly we all forgot phase two
0: yeah no yeah phase two was growing pains wasn't it
2: this isn't the avengers the mcu is over Oh my god, this Guardians of the Galaxy is great. This Thor movie sucks.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean it, it, that's it seems to be their in their regular step, you know. I I like, can't I can't imagine the Young Avengers movie not being great at this point just cuz just cuz they'll have a couple more hits and a couple more misses between now and then.
2: Well also there was a giant world-ending plague that fucked everybody over.
1: Well, right. Yeah, there is that too. Thankfully that's finally coming to an end.
2: Yeah. <laughs> coming
1: to an end well until the next big thing
2: (laughs) isn't the economy (laughs) supposed
1: to tank at the end of this year (laughs) i'm tired of living through world events right (laughs) tell me about it can't i I just have a summer where i just get to relax by the pool or some shit just Mm. god damn it fuck all of you Anyways, Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, and
0: off that point, it's weird to think this is also a COVID movie. Like it it's hard to yeah. tell in spaces because they really did a smart thing by making the story small, but um yeah, yeah this is a COVID movie.
1: Well, I mean, most of, most of it's a studio. You know, it's, you know, most yeah, of it is CG. Also, can I take note um Compare this to Ant-Man 3. Isn't it amazing what happens when you actually finish the fucking CGI in your movie? It looks really oh good. My God. Oh, God. Ant-Man 3 looks like such fucking dog shit. Also, it's because of that... Uh, what was that woman, Victoria Alonso, who is credited in this as an executive producer? She was the main reason as to why deadlines were so tight. Oh. Well, it's
2: also coming out now Ant-Man's budget got slashed to fix Wakanda Forever. Yeah. So they oh. didn't have... There's a bunch of stuff. And again, it's kind of going back to what Marvel's now realizing. of You don't need to put out eight in a year. Yeah, Two is fine. Yeah.
1: yeah, and now that Victoria Alonso has been booted out the door and she left kicking and screaming, she was like, you know, the directors don't make the movies, we do. Like, c- claiming the executives make all the movies. Which, when you watch this movie, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I mean It just depends on who's, who's emotionally invested with making a movie.
2: This is a James Gunn movie through and through. That's why this this one is so good, is it feels like the director made it. Yes. I I
0: I feel like his last two, this and Suicide Squad, feel like him getting away with something. Like he's really making like movie movies again. And and, but it's stuffed inside of like big name blockbusters where you, you show up and you go, Oh, wait, wait, no, wait. This is a movie movie. Like I'm I'm feeling things like I'm a kid again. This is this is actually activating my my empathetic response as opposed to like a black widow or something.
1: Yeah. They're they're focused on telling an interesting story rather than just being the uh, the this the plot point for the main arc of the MCU or some shit.
2: Well that also varies like who's directing it. Like is this a regular, you know, studio director they can like here's the script, okay, shoot it, or is this a director like I want to do my own thing with this? Yeah. And you get something big and grand. Yeah. Well, that's
1: the thing, like, James Gunn has a voice. Like, what, what is Peyton Reed's voice for Ant-Man? <laughs> yeah.
2: Like, he's, again, it, they're all just okay, and that's his yeah. filmography. It's like, oh, this is enjoyable enough. Some
1: directors are hired onto these things because they're like, oh, they need a body to say action. And some people are hired because they actually have something to say. So, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not
2: and often. that's why Blade is the mess it is. It's its hoo boy. Yeah. Oh see, God!
1: I, I, I just, the, just the guys, pit- cut your losses with that one. Just come on, right. just, just fucking Lakes cancel wear, it. Just let it go. I like what re- I
0: view Peyton Reed's Ant Man stuff as like sitcom
1: blockbusters. Yeah, that's that's really yeah. the tone that they're shooting for. You and shouldn't so I, watch I, them in a theater. Watch them at home.
0: No, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you can watch Quantum on an iPad, and it's probably not bad. Well, it's yeah,
2: Ant Man. Ant Man's not capable of big, interesting stories by virtue of it's Ant Man.
0: Right. Yeah. Like even
2: Stan Lee said, I can't believe they're doing an Ant Man movie. Of all the characters in my roster, Ant Man, really? Well, they <laughs> did the right
1: thing. They tried turning it into a comedy, and that plays into what it is. Like this is a joke. Like we know it's a joke. Just, but yeah. It, it, like it, it, what, you didn't need what we them. what we missed out with not having Edgar Wright do as the directors. Like this. Oh, that would have been. Fascinating. That's the thing. Like those movies would have been really great if Edgar Wright was actually the voice. Like you could have had another companion to James Gunn stuff. Like it just. Hire real filmmakers, and this is what you get. You know, this is, you get something that's genuinely good. Yeah, I didn't realize that a, a raccoon, an otter, a, a rabbit, and a walrus could make me cry. Like, just James Gunn did it. Like, how many other directors could do this? Right. Yeah. Let's let's dive into three
0: a little bit. I'm I'm really excited to kind of pull this apart. So the broad plot. Uh, spoilers ahead, of course. Uh, the broad plot is Rocket is injured by Adam Warlock, um, so the Guardians have to go on a quest to uh, override the, the I guess, software within Rocket that is uh, preventing them from being able to heal him. They should otherwise, in space, be able to heal people quickly. I love that he does like sci-fi trope plot stuff where like you, you undo some of the, the future fixes to make it more difficult on a team that could... Otherwise, you know, just like solve this problem very quickly. But yep. that's how they, they that's how they ground the movie in real small. Um, and then from there, the guardians are off on an adventure to, uh, you know, track down. I guess your your MacGuffin trail along the way, where we uh, flashback to Rocket's past, uh, as well as kind of moving through the the finale of the Guardians' familial problems. <laughs> I love, yeah, <laughs> I, I love the rough therapy that is this this group. Um, they, they really. Uh, my mom used to call it sandpaper friends. They're they're <laughs> friends that are there to to rub the ru- rub
1: the rough edges off of you. <laughs> that, I also want to note this is considered a trilogy. It's not really a trilogy because you had volume one and volume two, but they also appeared in Infinity War and Endgame, and they also had a little bit part in uh, Thor: Love and Thunder. And then they had the holiday special, and then you have this. So it's not really a trilogy.
2: It is in the sense of the grand narrative running through it. Uh, well, is if there? you but
1: if you jump from the second film to the third film, you'd be completely fucking lost. You're like, why doesn't he remember why doesn't Gamora remember? It's like, well you have to watch Okay, the, yeah. Yeah, you there, have there is it's that. it's not really a trilogy. It's, but it's, that's
2: true of every Marvel movie ever. They've always been, you know, well, you need to at least have watched nah, an Avengers movie. That's fair.
0: To, to me, I, I read it as the uh, buckaroo bonsai thing. If you're watching three, it is assumed that you are a fan of this. Like, it, it's kind of dumping you in knowing that there is extra plot that you've missed in between two and three that you can go out and explore and find on your own to fill the story in. But like they they kind of run along and explain like you know why she doesn't have a memory why that's important yeah they tell um, us yeah it, like it, it happened off screen I think largely because of the the torch passing that is to make this rockets movie like he's the new captain this is his origin story as the captain um, and so the, I think a lot of that like Gamora. Star Lord stuff gets pushed to the side, like in a like in an extended narrative where like the love story kind of doesn't matter anymore. Like in a soap opera, it's like oh yeah, they've died and cheated and come back and married and, and divorced and remarried. You know, it's like it, it's it's Star Lord Gamora drama. It's just meant to be, you know. It, that's the opera in the, in his space opera.
2: Yeah, and it could be argued that their romance was resolved in Infinity War they loved each other very much and they were very happy and then she died and he's dealing with the new compounded trauma of everyone every woman he loves in his life dies mm.
1: that's a good point yeah yeah
2: because i would argue the through line of this franchise trilogy and this movie watch is dealing with your trauma through the help of Friends, family, whatever. Yeah, and then reaching that point of okay, we've gotten you as far as we can collectively. Now you have to take the next step and face it head on yourself.
0: It's a, it's a really nuanced way to go for a f- for a finale. Like because this is functionally a big finale. This feels Avengers level on some aspects. And so yeah. like, what a nuanced place to go to to end on. Yeah, and now you need to grow up and apply the therapy, right? Like, now, you, now you've been diagnosed, we know what's wrong with you, now you need to actually change the behaviors and, like, step into the new role.
2: You know why you're broken, now what are you going to do to fix that? Right.
1: When you described this, like, a year ago, like, that the ending was 500 pages for the storyboards, I was like, that can't be right. And I watched it and I was like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> Yeah. Dude, this thing is huge! Like, how the fuck? <laughs> this, this seems like it's bigger than Infinity War at times. Like, what the fuck, man?
0: Yeah, like, they, they get their own, like, Death Star versus Death Star battle. Um, yeah! Th- like, yeah, that, that from the point of uh, the High Evolutionary taking off and, and blowing up Counter-Earth again, another, th- like, this is so Star Wars. This is the most, actually, this is probably the best Star Wars we've got since last jedi yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: like functional star wars i yeah. i would
2: that tells I, you how far the how low the bar for star wars movies is yeah well, and it yeah. tells you
0: what james gunn would fucking do with the star wars oh movie. he needs it's, like
2: i don't need, i want to do a star yeah. wars. i just wanted to do his own independent space epic because holy shit
0: does no you get it yeah that's what that's what this is i think it, 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 like you, you mean like all original ip yeah, just yeah, something yeah.
2: crazy off the wall. Because I don't know if you guys saw this, but this won a Guinness World Record for most practical effects and prosthetics in a movie. Oh, I believe I, it. No, believe
0: absolutely. It. There, there were some shots where I was like, we, days, just days of prep. And, and some of the, the masks, uh, oh my God. Yeah, I, I believe it. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, this is going to get nominations for, like, best makeup and prosthetics and And
2: costumes. And it should win them all, because holy fucking shit, there's so much real stuff and real people. It's like, I forgot that we used to do this, and I understand why we don't anymore, because it's prohibitively expensive, but goddamn, does it show on the page.
1: It's so worth it!
0: Do you think they're ballsy enough to submit it for best original screenplay? Because I think it could, like, get a nom. I don't think it would win, Uh, but I think it could get a nom.
1: I think it could get a nomination.
0: I think
2: it could. I mean, if the new Oscars are gonna be anything like you know this year's. So there's a chance that we might actually get some interesting stuff in there.
1: Right. Well, the Oscars are desperate to get young people to watch.
0: <laughs> right. Well, let's uh, let's dive into some of our favorite stuff in the movie. Um, I'm like straight out the gate, the high evolutionary. I know everybody's been hyping him up as like the new hotness. I don't think he's quite darth vader as far as like cultural impact but holy shit is he just perfect like as as far as villains in a story go holy shit
1: is he perfect yes yeah i I, they should have wrapped this entire new phase around him and not kang i had
2: that same thought i'm like fuck he's a bit too small scale for an Avengers villain, yeah. but the pathos is going to be so hard to meet again.
1: And now with all the shit about Jonathan Majors, it's like, well, you really missed an opportunity again, there, guys. To that
2: aside, it's like Kang cannot be as interesting as this character because Kang is who Kang is.
1: Right, yeah. And plus Kang is like, what, there's 10 billion of him, whereas there's like one high evolutionary? It's like, this is more interesting. Yeah.
2: And you know? I mean, Kang's motivation is he wants to be a conqueror because he was bored. This guy was, I discovered there was no God, and I decided that that means I should be God. And the whole psychology that goes into what happens if a narcissist decides they are God, And has the capabilities to make themselves
1: one. So much (laughs) more interesting than Kang. I just, I never understood the idea of wrapping an entire villain arc around Kang. Like, I don't get it. He's a
2: big punch him up villain and he has a cool army you can beat down and he's fun. Well, and and
0: like, he's he's anti Iron Man, right? Like, canonically, he's kind of the antithesis. And since they just killed Iron Man. But there's no more Iron Man! (laughs) Well, yeah, well, having everyone have to fight. What essentially is evil Iron Man for an entire phase? Yeah. That's that that is kind of like a, a an offering to the early phases to be like, yeah, yeah, he's he had it. so much of an impact. We want to see what he's like as a villain. But, but then you you compare him to the High Evolutionary, and it's like this is this is Rick Sanchez if he wasn't smarmy as fuck. You know what yeah. I mean? Like <laughs> this is this is like this is evil Iron Man. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, no,
2: the line, I saw there was no god and I chose to fill the void was fucking amazing. Yeah. Like holy shit, I understand everything about you.
1: Yeah, there is no god, so I stepped in.
2: <laughs> yeah, that is a fantastic line that tells you everything you need to know about this character and his motivation.
0: And the cult following around him uh dying, just all eating it at the end, because like when you are in service to a narcissist, you will never be thought of at the end like (laughs) holy like this is a nuanced fucking movie there are so many layers to what is happening here and and it's all happening in such a like satisfying uh, borderline like i i feel like old spielberg coming back to life in this like like we can go all the way from animal cruelty to the funniest f f bomb (laughs) yeah they finally
2: got
1: it they finally got one Get in the fucking car. Yeah. I guess that
2: was an improv.
1: No, it it was. It was. Um, it, James Gunn commented on it, and these, and um, there was a, there was a, they they said fuck at one point. I think it was in Infinity War or Endgame, and the Russos took it out because they thought it wasn't. They didn't want that to be their legacy. Yeah. And so yeah. when they when Kevin Feige saw the the uh what saw him saying get the fuck in the car in uh, Guardians three. He, uh, foggy said to james Gunn, "It's like do you really want this to be your legacy and gunn was like you're not fuck yes dis- <laughs> you're not dissuading me from putting it in so he put it in so you get one fuck per pg-13 and so that's the one where they got it so
2: oh you guys want to talk about the pg-13 controversy real quick
1: well, oh what happened sure i mean
0: like i would argue this movie borders on r sometimes for its yeah content when and, you uh, see
1: the high evolutionary face oh, being yeah. torn off i was like was that the one was that the part mm-hmm.
2: No, there was just a bit of pearl clutching when it launched that this movie wasn't appropriately rated at PG-13 because people were upset. They took their kids to see this and they didn't think it was appropriate for their kids. And it's like, yeah, okay, do your fucking research, dude.
1: I was first. in, the, dude, when I was in the theater, like half the audience was kids and everybody ate it up. Yeah. nobody cared. Like, that was I had a
2: four-year-old in front of me and she didn't bat an eye. But just this idea that PG-13 means acceptable <laughs> to all audiences hammers home how fucking useless art rating system. The yeah. the, pe- the people that are
1: complaining about it's not okay for children are like Christian parents groups. Fuck them,
2: okay? Oh, yeah. That's why I just like the, the pearl clutching. Is like, and this is why we need to do away with our rating system as it is because it isn't working.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's stupid. <laughs> it's, just, it's so dumb. PG-13.
2: This movie is apparent, appropriate for, you know, 13 and up. Parents should, you know, check themselves. Translation? Yeah. PG-13 means I can take everyone to it and if I see anything that upsets me, it should be an R that is what everything you need to know that is wrong with our system of reading.
1: I would say this is better better to take your kids to than something like Man of Steel or BVS it's like this is actually, you know, got stuff for kids in it.
2: Yeah, and it's entertaining. Yeah, it's entertaining
1: and it's like it's not miserable depressing bullshit. It's like it's dark but it's appropriately dark for the kids. The kids store.
2: aren't going to get that. That's going to go right over the kids' head. I yeah, guarantee.
1: They don't get it. Like they're they want to see like the rocket raccoon, you know, shooting and, you know, flying through the air and all that stuff. like that's all I, they want. I, I'm uh, like
0: I I have to push back real hard against the idea that this would be too tough for kids because oh, any no. any animal centric animated movie yeah from it. from like the 90s on uh has some kind of like animal cruelty aspect to it yeah, right yeah. and like many of them are overt in the animal cruelty aspect and they, the, that's directed at kids not like it's specifically not for us it is for kids so t- I-, I think the argument that like kids couldn't digest this, uh,
2: I don't no, know. No, I've seen so many parents going, well, should I take my kids to this? Isn't it appropriate for kids? And I'm like, the kids aren't going to get this. All the stuff we're going, oh, that's real heavy. It's because we understand the context. Kids are yeah. And then Groot grew 30 feet tall and became a kaiju. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> oh,
0: that was great. That was great. Oh, my God. I- and also, I sometimes I feel like the MCU is is listening because we had just gone on a rant recently about how boring the locations in these space movies have been lately, oh. and and then this breath of fresh fucking air! Holy shit! Every location was more interesting than the last.
1: I never thought that seeing the inside of a planet that looked like a, a giant colon would be awesome to look at, but it's great.
2: <laughs> that was really cool. And then the more I thought, like, oh, that's really fucked up. Yeah, a pimple.
1: <laughs> I love the fact that there's so many little cameos as well. A lot of them appear in that location as well. Here we go. We got oh, Nathan, yeah. fi- Nathan Fillion shows up. Uh, Danielle Melchior, Wreckage or two, shows up as the pink lady. Yep. Uh, uh, Jennifer Holland, uh, Gun's wife, shows up as uh, the administrator. That's great.
2: <laughs> like little... no, that was the, I love that little bit, the same bit with Nathan Fillion. Oh, yeah, I know. I got one of him, too. This guy, perfect. Couldn't ask anything more. This guy, <laughs> totally
0: Apparently Pete
1: Davidson was in that scene as well as one of Yeah, the... yeah, he's one of the Ravagers.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. I love uh J- my favorite is uh James Gunn's little cameo. You know who he was? <laughs> Lamshank, the weird kind of mutant pig thing that comes stumbling out of the cage at oh, the end and Man I... just lets him out. Oh, Thank geez. you. <laughs> I wasn't screaming at
0: you. I was screaming at something scary behind you, <laughs> you
2: look great. <laughs> that was perfect. Thank you. God. Of course, that's the character James Gunn puts himself in as. Oh, of course,
1: of course. Oh God! Imagine if we hadn't gotten James Gunn to come back and finish this series. Imagine oh, if it was that just... would
2: He's the biggest. Like oh. if they use this script, but it's not him. It's like it doesn't work.
1: Oh God! It's just, Jesus Christ. Because this I...
2: whole series is James Gunn's personal therapy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like. The only people that really smacked this movie down, the movie came out, was like the Snyder crowd, of course. It's like it's it's to be expected at this point. Whenever any Marvel movie comes out, they're gonna come out of the woodwork. It's like it's like Nazis showing up at like a at like a protest. It's like it's expected at this point,
2: and that's the only and, and people don't that need to listen to them. <laughs> yeah, it, like it, the crowd
1: is getting smaller and smaller as time goes on, but of course they came out as like. Well, wait a minute. How is it that they blew up an entire planet and no one complained about that, but everyone complains about Man of Steel?
2: Well, because you missed the point. It's yeah, like, there, there was a point to it. There's a point
1: to it. It's not just obscene violence for the sake of obscene violence. There's a purpose to it. Like, there's a reason there. It's like it to make you hate the villain. You Which know? I
2: point out the slag of thor. That is basically what happens every time you get bored of a Sims game and walk away. Yeah, like
1: the point <laughs> is that the High Evolutionary is like not fucked up. Swipe it, wipe, wipe it all away. Do it again because he does. He sees so va- so little value in life. Yeah,
2: which just makes him so much more fascinating as a villain. Like I get you and I hate you for it, but you're fascinating because of it.
1: He's kind of an anti Thanos if you think about it. Thanos at least exactly. like Thanos thought he was right. He was like, I'm trying to save the universe by wiping out half of it. It's like you know we have more time for for all of us to exist. Whereas this guy's like, no, not quite. Scrap it, throw it all away. It's like, just, <laughs> just hating everything. Just nothing's, it's just the ultimate narcissist in need of perfection.
0: Well, it's- and and I love the way that that gets highlighted with what he's chasing inside
1: of Rocket. That, yeah. That
0: genuine inspiration.
1: That- why is he, why is this little fucking animal better than me? How is it possible? It's like, and it just pisses him off so much.
0: Well, and yeah. and and think of the think of this as an analog for James Gunn's career within Disney, right? He it's this machine that doesn't care that chews things up and spits it out in search of genuine inspiration, and only the ragtag little tra- uh, trauma kids, right? Trauma, trauma. It it's real close, guys. Like he's really aiming to to like to show you this is about him this is his filmmaking story this is his like oh, yeah. he went through the gutters and and watched all of his contemporaries get assassinated for for just existing outside of the the hollywood machine and then as soon as he had something valuable to give them superhero movies he gets inducted into it with love and passion right and then mm. he gets spit back out because they can't extract that thing that he had or like he is rocket. I, it's hard to not read the film like that.
2: Oh, especially when you take in also consideration, like all of these movies have been James got working through his own personal issues with his father. Right. Who was an abusive alcoholic. So when you look at like, again, high evolutionary is 100% an abusive father. Oh, you yeah. <laughs> see something great in their child. And like, I made you, why can't you be Why? Why do you think you're better than me? Mm. And again, this movie ends the dedication to his late father. Kind of goes like, "Yeah, he's he's gotten through because all the all of James Gunn's stuff is dealing with abusive dads in some form, right? But accepting that, well, they meant well, but they were broken people."
0: Mm. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if that's what his relationship is like
1: with Lloyd Kaufman too. I
2: very much get that vibe. You see
1: that uh, cameo by Lloyd Kaufman as well by the poker table.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He puts them in all of his movies. And
1: I like I always appreciate that. Yeah.
2: Well, he's talked about like he gave me a shot when nobody else would. Yeah.
1: He he always remembers where he came from. He's, he never like he didn't use anybody as a stepping stone to get to his next thing. Right.
2: No, that's why all his movies are packed with his friends. It's like, "Hey, you want to come, you know, get a check for a day?"
1: No. Oh yeah, when Yondu shows up as like a as like a force ghost, right? Again, <laughs> yeah. like
2: with the Star Wars in
0: here, he's really milking the Star Wars thing in this one.
2: Also, that one just hit me like, oh no, yeah. Yondu! That's right, you're dead. Fuck. Yeah, I forgot my complicated relationship with Yondu.
0: Are, are there any Are there any complaints? I, I've seen a couple like smarmy ish ones that are really passable but um
1: and any major complaints the battle at the end gets a little bit too much cgi bukaki for the rest of the movie it's like it's it's pretty straight laced for the majority of it then the all the cgi at the end starts up with the, that giant swarm coming out of the big cube ship and i'm like oh i kind of zoned out a little bit yeah the alien not aliens yeah yeah <laughs> And then they get inside the ship, and they have the hallway fight, and it's like, oh, okay, now we're back on track. Okay, now we're good. Yeah, that felt like a mandate by the studio. Like, got to put in a big swarm thing, because that's what the kids want. It's like, okay, all right.
2: Well, that's also just, it lets you just smash all the action figures together for a hot set. But you didn't need it. We didn't need it. <laughs> <laughs> You got got to fit certain criteria. It's plug and play. Exactly. Studio mandate criteria. The the comics
0: are are space battles a lot too. Like they uh, like I'm I'm I know I'm really hitting the Star Wars button hard, but that is the the major inspiration for the series even on the comic end. Like that's that's what they're going for. So I I I kind of understand like you do need a space battle in your in your Space Guardian movie. Um i I like that the, they chose to, to to kind of model it after the xenomorph and like at least at least make it visually pay off if it's not gonna if you're not gonna care about these things as characters, just enjoy the like the sci-fiism for a second i I can I can yeah. kind of deal i I get the complaint though like for sure.
2: My only complaint isn't even really a complaint. It's just that I like the soundtrack way less in this one than I did the last two. But I'm a classic rock curious. Oh, sure. So that's like not even a complaint. I'm like, oh, I liked it better when it was songs that, you know, I knew and enjoyed. But hey, kids got to get their stuff too. <laughs> and by kids, I mean people might. Well,
1: I mean, it, it's it's 2023 right now. The 90s was 30 30- fucking years ago yeah don't
2: remind me okay i know that's I classic that. rock at this it.
1: point the moment i heard no, no that's not how that the works. moment mm-hmm. i heard metallica showing up on classic rock oh, i was my hair just immediately turned gray i was like
2: oh <laughs> no I, re- I refuse that designation that's not how that works uh, classic rock doesn't mean old mm.
0: fuck it it's it's called uh Oh, uh Boomer Benz. That's that's <laughs> what they call them. <laughs> Song songs that have all that like you know, the Leonard Skinners of the world.
1: Ted Nugent shit like that. <laughs> god,
2: oh, and I don't um Ted Nugent anyway. Okay, like, I don't like Leonard Skinner better than Ted
1: Nugent. <laughs> uh, he's a good musician, but god he's an asshole.
0: Huh. Yeah. So um
1: Adam Warlock. I want to talk about him for a second. I thought he was going to have a bigger part in this movie. He's kind of there as a joke.
2: <laughs> he's Nebula from Guardians One. He's there to establish for future characters. Yeah.
0: That's true. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, she makes... Is. like
2: everyone was like, I was expecting to hate him because everyone's like, oh, everyone's going to hate, you know, Adam Warlock. He's so dumb. And he popped up like, oh, he's fun. He's barely in this movie. He's Nebula from Guardians Volume yeah. One. He's there to act kind of progress the plot forward. And if he tests well, we'll bring him back in an expanded role. If not, he got lost on his way back to his home planet.
1: Anybody that complains that these characters are nothing like their counterparts in the comics, and Adam Warlock is nothing like his version from the comic, who the fuck cares? It was fun. <laughs>
2: yeah. Who gives? I'm, I'm at, curious, at this, Who are these Adam Warlock fans? Where are you? Yeah, they? like
1: all three of you. Like, who gives a shit? It's another thing that the Snyder Bros were attacking us. Like these characters are nothing like their character. Like neither was Batman. Fuck off. Yeah. Okay. I was
2: like, D- don't go. You want to throw that particular stone? <laughs> yeah.
1: You really want to throw that stone at that glass house? Fuck off. Okay.
0: Does Seriously. it function for the movie in front of you? Yes. Yes. Then
2: you're fine. <laughs>
1: I mean, it was hilarious when uh, was it? Uh, Nebula is gonna blow away the little furry alien creature, and Adam Warlock is like, no, "Don't be rash." <laughs> <laughs> I no, he was fun. I, I really like
0: that uh, the way James Gunn writes m- like male characters is if they're older, they're dads, right? They're just yeah. they they get turned into crotchety old dads. If they're younger. They're little baby men. Like, with the yeah. first time we meet Drax, he's an idiot. The first time we meet Star-Lord, he's an idiot. The first time we meet Adam Warlock, he's an idiot. <laughs> like, I love that he writes his male characters as, like, little baby men. And then they yeah. evolve over time as they kind of uh, are confronted with their with their
1: childishness. It is nice that you also get to see shades of what uh, Gunn is going to try to do with his Superman movie coming out in a couple of years.
2: Oh, it's going to... Me. like I realized after like fuck I'm gonna cry in a Superman movie because I already know the direction the things he's gonna do
1: yeah I mean that's that's the thing it's like you want to get as far away from what Man of Steel did like do not do that any of it don't touch that just do do James Gunn's Adam Warlock as Superman that's it
2: <laughs> I can't wait for Adam Warlock to meet Thor because that's gonna be a fun combo
0: yeah. Oh my God. That's going to, that's going to be so funny. Oh gosh.
2: Like they teed that up perfectly and like, Oh yeah, no, this is, this is perfect. D- didn't
1: Chris Hemsworth say he wouldn't come back to do Thor again until they made a, a, another serious one. Cause he didn't want to do a comedy again.
2: No, he said he wouldn't do it unless Taika comes back and Taika won't do it unless Chris Hemsworth comes back. And everyone's like, I'm not sure Marvel wants Taika back.
1: Yeah, I think yeah, I think that Love and Thunder kind of burned a lot of bridges because everyone kind of. Well, he did, he
2: just spent so much money and he went over on so much and it didn't come together. And... and it's only
1: ninety minutes. How do you spend that much money on that? Like, what the fuck, dude? Because
2: I guess the original cuts like six hours. What, what the
1: fuck? Like
2: what? There's whole there's cameos that got cut. There's whole storylines that got uh... cut. Yeah, I think he, he he just ran and ran and ran and ran and ran and no one said no because Ragnarok was so good. And now they're kind of looking like, we like you as a director, but we have to put some serious constraints on him. Yeah. And I don't know if he wants that because he's having fun doing his own separate projects where he used to just kind of be wild and weird. And
0: I, I'm curious if he did that to test the waters and see if he wanted to follow through on the Akira thing. Because he's, he's really pumped brakes on that over the years. And, and I wonder if he was just testing the waters and saying like, hey, how much Thor can I shoot? And, and if I can shoot a lot, am I able to do Akira? Because that, I, I don't know, that, I, I, that's how I would make decisions uh, within my directing is like, is, not only is this a good project for me right now, but is this a good project for the next project? Like, what am I learning or taking anything away here that will help me further on? Because if
1: not, it's not a useful project for me. Um,
0: so I, like, I don't know, what do you guys
1: think? Well, I mean, I think he's kind of realized that it, it is not something you can adapt for an American audience. It's a it's yeah. a profoundly Japanese story. If you're going to do that as a live-action adaptation, you have to do it in Japan with Japanese actors. That's the only way to do it. Oh, yeah. So that may, that means he's not the right guy to direct it.
2: I think so. it's too weird to adapt.
1: I mean, they did an animated movie, but they only adapted half the story.
2: Uh, in that that's fine animated you can do a whole lot you know, yeah a lot more in animated than and again smaller audience this is they want to make a blockbuster this is going to be Dune all over it this is too weird and too niche
1: well I, the Dune did great though that like, did great though that's the thing It's did
2: it I thought Dune
1: <laughs> the one that came out just recently the new one or are they Maybe talking my, about the David Lynch one, the David, I'm Lynch one about the, David Lynch one David Lynch one yeah no I know
2: well. that one that one's bad I thought the new one underperformed and they only got the sequel no it did no it did from. really well
1: Oh, it was still I'm under. So it now. was still COVID restrictions, so it didn't do as well. But it. Did. Ah. But it, it's the second one is teed up to be a huge success now. Well, and it was it was critically
0: really well received and also like yeah, swept awards. So like it, it it's a darling to continue regardless. Like they they don't drop the ball on those.
1: Plus, don't you want to see Florence Pugh play the most perfect human being in the universe? <laughs>
0: I already saw Midsummer. Yeah, but
2: not another Dune movie. I don't get, well, I don't know, I do get Dune. I don't like Dune because it's just.
0: It's because you like Warhammer. Say it. Say it's because you like Warhammer. No.
2: And that's why I like Dune because Warhammer stole so much from Dune. But it's like, you should be having more fun with this whole concept than you are. Oh. Because oh. this is big and dumb and stupid. So stop trying to treat it like it's serious, grounded, Christopher Nolan esque Batman shit, like no, there's giant fucking worms and space emperors and and this is pulpy
0: pulp. pulp. And the the looming threat of a French director upsetting an Islamic uh, uh, viewer base because the story is is very like uh, touchy one to one in in that way. He has to treat this shit like a religious experience, otherwise. Like I, I, cannot imagine what would be said about him for doing like what is essentially Islamic face in space. Um, not to, not to like boil it down too much, but I can't imagine him allowing himself to have fun with it because of the context.
2: And that's why this movie doesn't. The first one didn't work. And like I get why people enjoy this, but this is also just so dour and almost dull. Like, it's beautiful to look at, but like it's you're not having fun with this thing you clearly should be having fun with. It's
1: mm. clearly not for you. <laughs> yes.
2: That's also, like, this is, I've picked up and put down Dune so many times, like, I should read it. This is a big, important benchmark in sci-fi, and I'm like, oh, no, this is just dry as
0: fuck. I think, yeah, I think the book's more unapproachable than the movie, if I'm being honest. The, the movie's yeah, it like, is. the I slip it and is. slide of, of Dune stories, it just... All right, you're going to get all just the 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 best trappings and that's it.
2: I get why people like it, but I also recognize like no, this this isn't for me. Totally. Well, let's switch
0: back to what is for you and that's Guardians 3. Um, mm. what were so, what, what were some yeah. of your favorite bits? Like what was uh really running through your head as you walked out of the theater?
2: Oh, the Drax, Mantis, goodbye. Oh, oh me yeah. over its knee. Mm. and i knew that one was coming because i honestly I, pred- I thought that drax was going to die to save mantis because mantis is his surrogate daughter and his whole trauma is you know right. getting past losing his family but then that whole thing because i'm a father i have a daughter i know that day is going to come and it, it just it broke me so much and then the scene where you know they cut back to drax and he's crying and that's on all the promos now so every time i see the promo i have to relive that emotion like fuck not cool james gunn mm. not cool also can i note that nobody died in this movie no people died but it's I, I mean i mean main characters <laughs> i mean like no, nobody on the
1: rocket cr- died yeah nobody on the crew died i was like i thought that somebody was gonna get get off or something like that nobody well did. that's
2: what james gunn teased is like oh yeah people are gonna die and he was right like rocket did die and then he came back yeah. and then drax got damn close and then he came back and Peter died and then came back.
1: I think he's playing with the tropes of comic books. Like, ah, nobody's ever really gone.
2: To-
0: <laughs> well, and I, I think more importantly, as as TikTok's been key to figure out, um, he writes these movies like a D&D campaign. Uh, the, the Dungeons and Dragons movie that just came out is a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, essentially. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and that kind of, like, people were able to reverse engineer, like, no wait, Star Lord is the bard cuz he's got the playlist and yeah. Jax is the barbarian and 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 so it it fe- this movie most of all feels like when you're getting to the end of a campaign and you're rolling really bad against your DM <sighs> and they want to keep you in the story as much as they can so they keep like rolling Adam Warlock in your favor.
2: <laughs> so what did you guys like? I know it was a little bit of scuttle, but people didn't like that scene. I'm like, no, it's funny because his name is Adam and it's recreating the Sistine Chapel. That's fucking funny. Look, like, oh, that was so dumb. It should have been Gabriel. Well, like, yeah. well, and it's way
0: deeper than that, too, because Adam is in God's position because the high evolutionary had proved there was no God. Like, it was following through on man as God imagery that uh, had been like totally important. Throughout the whole film, it, like it, it, it's goofy. Oh, I like I, I agree, it's very funny. Also, it makes Star Lord look like an idiot, which he is. Like, e- yeah, even if he had the mask on, he would have forgot to put it on. Like, I'm willing to say that. That's how dumb he is, because I love him dumb. But I, I no, I think like the shot itself uh, of Adam Warlock coming in and and recreating that, but in God's position, dude, that is sacrilegious as fuck. It is so punk rock. Like that is so James Gunn.
1: It's also uh, very anti religion in that um, if Adam mm-hmm. Warlock is supposed to be the God figure, he's a moron.
2: <laughs>
1: so, right, he's not good I mean, at anything. The high
2: evolutionary kind of proves that, yeah, no, God sucks because every time he goes like, eh, this isn't perfect, I don't care. He does not, literally, does not care about things he's created. He's more in creating the next thing. Right. Kid. Yeah. Well, and like,
0: that's literally. A bible story right like god floods things when he's upset like
1: a little kid <laughs> yeah yeah there was a meme i saw recently and it was uh, an image of uh satan and it says hi my name is satan uh you-, you probably know me for uh floods droughts diseases plagues and murder uh that's god's territory i handle orgies and rock music
0: <laughs>
1: and it's true yeah
2: they-, they really screwed up the narrative with their." You know, good guy, bad guy relationship.
1: Yeah, flip that and you got it right.
2: (laughs) I mean, Old Testament had it right. no, there's no devil. There's just an angry man in the clouds who's very, very fickle.
1: (laughs) There was no angry man in the clouds. It was just a bunch of rich people that were in charge of everything that were fucking over everybody that was stupid. That's all it was. Don't be gullible. (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) Anyways. <laughs> what were some
0: of your favorite bits in the movie, Jesse? What was working for you?
1: Ah, uh, Nebula became my favorite character. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nebula's Dude. really, really evolved across the MCU. Yeah. She became, she was started out like kind of a, a, like a minor character in the first movie, and then she's kind of a secondary character in the second one. Now she's like a main character, and she slowly became one of my favorite parts of the movie. Oh, yeah. But,
2: Oh, she's having so much fun in this. Movie. Yeah,
1: she's the character that's been so brutally tortured and abused the entire time, and yet she probably gets the happiest ending of any of the characters. Yeah,
2: well, she finally got over her trauma, and she got to stop having to be guarded all the time because she no one's going to rip her apart here. She has a family, and she gets to be accepted. But she even kind of had the double trauma of like I love her relationship with Gamora. She got to resolve that in Guardians 2 and then lost it all again and has just kind of settled into this new relationship, new Gamora, like, we have shared trauma, but we are never going to be as close as we were before Yeah, because you're not the same person.
1: Can I point out something that kind of bugged me about Avengers Endgame? So Nebula shoots and kills her past self. So I was wondering, why does she not, like, fade out of existence at that point? Because that's
0: from different a different timeline. Oh, time
1: uh, okay. okay. Mm-hmm. So it is... They, that's how they so they literally just said, fuck it, we're just jumping to another timeline. We're not actually going through time travel. We're just crossing another timeline. No,
0: yeah, like the their their shows have been very insistent that time travel creates alternate realities. Like, Loki is based on that plot. So I have to assume that the, the time travel as they're explaining it in Endgame... Is not complete. Like they're not understanding what it is that they're doing. Oh, okay. All right. That, that, that was all. That's, That's cool. th- and which is why the um, the ancient one warns against it because she knows it does create a branching timeline. She like shows them that, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then creates like ten billion kangs that just show up. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah.
2: Yeah, they got to figure out what they're doing with this multiverse.
1: <laughs> yeah. Reminds me of an episode of uh you ever see the show Red versus Blue. Oh yeah. Remember that's yeah. yeah. Remember when uh Church goes tries to go back in time and he keeps fucking it up over and over and over again <laughs> like 10 million churches like, <laughs> like tell you, tell you what buddy when you go back in time and try it again trust me that doesn't work either and then the computer just goes uh oh and 10 million churches start showing up. <laughs> <laughs> One of them in the background has yellow yellow armor and he's like what the hell happened to you? He's like dude just don't it just didn't work. <laughs> you'll never know <laughs> you'll never know and you don't want to know right god yeah nebula she became one of my favorite characters I, I love how funny karen gillen is she never gets a chance to be funny in these movies
2: that's why i think she has so much fun in this. is it's the opposite of whatever character she's usually stuck playing she gets to be an asshole she gets to yell and scream and be threatening yeah and she's never like that in real life <laughs> no like all her movies she never gets to do any of these uh, also yeah.
0: they finally figured out how to make her combat unique right cause she can mm. get like busted to hell and then rebuild herself back I yeah. loved like her addition to the action scenes Ugh,
1: mm-hmm. it's so cool she can kind of Iron Man herself a little bit as well that was kind of cool right yeah, just, just she can no not Iron Man uh, Samus Aran her arm turns into a cannon
2: there you go yeah yeah, yeah. Ooh, there we go. James Gunn can do the upcoming Metroid movie.
1: We talked about that on episode of 2-whatever. It's like, like last year. We said, what games should we turn into movies? And we said, Metroid. And I said, Jennifer Holland, his wife, should be Samus, and James Gunn should direct it. And literally, like two seconds later, I looked it up, and it's like some article said, James Gunn should direct the Metroid movie, and Jennifer Holland should be should be, should be Samus.
2: <laughs> I mean, Mario already didn't clear a yeah, oh, billion. Oh God! Fuck that movie! Fucking Chris Pratt! That's a Mario movie. If you're mad at a Mario movie, what did you expect?
1: Uh, I would prefer an actual person that could play the Mario voice, not Chris Pratt.
2: Yeah.
1: Also, somebody pointed out like Peach's nose job in that movie is so bad. Is she looks so weird? Her face just looks something. I- were they Something's to,
0: wrong. Were they trying to animate her closer to uh, Anya Taylor Joy?
1: I think so. It just her something was up with her face. It was just like strange to me.
0: I had a great time with it. Donkey Kong absolutely yeah. saves the, is like the, my my favorite part of the movie. He he gets
2: oh he's my least favorite. What? Part of it. <laughs> it's just Seth Rogen doing a Seth Rogen voice. <laughs> But he's got great lines.
0: Chris Pratt's doing a Chris Pratt voice. Like, why are you mad, homie? (laughs) This is the same shit. Because Seth
2: Rogen, no, Seth Rogen keeps putting himself in as a voice actor for things. No. And I'm saying that Chris Pratt is, but Seth Rogen keeps popping up in things doing a Seth Rogen voice. uh, He's like, wow, great job, Seth Rogen. And then Chris Pratt pops up. (laughs) Boo, Chris Pratt, you're just doing a Chris Pratt voice. It's like, no. Listen, you can be mad about one, you have to be mad about the other you can't pick and choose uh,
1: i i'm i'm not- I, I just want more charlie day as luigi that's all i want
2: <laughs> yes that was perfect <laughs> well I mean, give me
1: luigi's mansion please
2: that's next on the dock. <laughs> i can guarantee thank you. you
0: honestly i could have seen charlie day as mario
1: i could see that i could see that
0: or both it would have been funny if he'd have done both voices that <laughs> as, as a reference to the old games just repeating the sprite and changing the color
2: that would have been smarter than that movie had in mind yeah. well yeah
0: yeah i mean they were they were swinging for money that's nintendo yeah. makes oh, well, money
2: again they they made a mario movie that was the bar right. to clear make a mario
1: they
0: did it they
1: succeeded it's funny
0: it is functionally almost the same plot as the original <laughs> mario brothers movie too <sighs> yeah. that's that's a, a great yeah. example of how a uh, a plot can be um visualized differently
1: <laughs> yeah i guess i'll put that on split the difference one day
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh no no fuck you yes <laughs> hey if you want to rewatch the super mario movie from 84 be my guest. hey it's
1: like, fun it's it's terrible but it's fun uh, yeah, no,
2: it, it,
0: so.
1: it is. It is j- too fun to watch to hate it. Yeah, it's it's a time capsule of its own era.
2: But anyways, how is Dave Batista not a dad with all the dad energy he brings to this movie? Oh, right. Well, he is a dad in real life, right? No, he, is he? I don't think so. Is he? I don't think he's a dad. I it? No, he does. He has a daughter. Okay, then that makes so much more sense. Because I'm like, no, this is peak dad energy, everything about this is a father. How he interacts with the little, you know, perfect space beings, all this stuff with Nebula, uh, with Mantis, it's like, oh no, this is hammering the dad nerve hard and it works so well. But it's also so fun when you understand Drax's journey of, you know, being closed off and protective. Can't have anyone because the last time I had someone, they died, it's my fault. To and now I get to be a dad again, and I get to bring all this stuff out, and I don't have to be afraid.
0: Right. Oh my god, yeah, no, just so so wholesome. What like a he's a he's a murderous psychopath when we meet him in the first movie. I like I, I like comparing back to where we meet them versus where they end up, and just he, like he's straight up gonna gank Gamora in prison. Like that is how he is introduced to us, and now we are letting him loose with children. And we feel good about this decision.
2: Yeah, everyone's gotten some therapy. They are back to functional human beings.
0: Even um, oh, uh, who's Yandu's replacement? Uh, Sean Gunn's character,
2: Craig uh,
0: Even Craglin across these movies has his like his small side character arc. I I love that they pay attention to stuff like that. That he feels like a, an organically grown character across the series
2: him and cosmos little side oh, <laughs> was the perfect bit of levity this movie needed no you're a bad dog
0: <sighs> please no
2: because <laughs> who oh boy when it's hammering you with the rocket stuff you're like I could I could use some levity in here just any levity please
1: yeah it just that's that, that's what makes it work is that it's it's got dark stuff in it but it doesn't like beat you over the head with it yeah.
2: I saw somebody say they should have just dumped all of the rocket stuff on us at once. I'm like, no, no, oh god, my no. god, no, that, no, nobody would want to sit through this. Nobody, you wouldn't be able to make it out the other side. That's too deep a valley.
1: Zack Snyder would have masturbated to it, but that's, you know, that's his thing. <laughs> I love the third act reveal
0: of the face. I like that you see the violence, but don't see like the the dead on carnage until the end because then it's like mm. it's such a jump scare. It's such a like 80s like, freak oh. the kids out like that's right now you get to
1: see the face right here at the I end. Love, I love the fact that his suit and his face is designed after RoboCop and yeah. Chris Pratt even yeah. calls that out. <laughs> you RoboCop looking son of a bitch.
2: <laughs> I love that they made a face off joke. Oh the yeah. <laughs> they did. Oh, they did. I thought the internet had killed that once and for all, but they're like, no, no, we still got it. We can pull this out. They took
0: his face off. Oh, that's (laughs) great. Yeah.
2: But also, like, I love this, because I went back and I watched 1 and 2 before I saw this. But the perfect, like, the trajectory, you watch Rocket and you see his entire arc laid out, like, it makes sense. The last time he had friends and he was vulnerable, they all died. So he went and made friends with an unkillable tree. Then in the second one, when he had a family to care about, he started doing everything he could to push them away. Because again, the last time he had a family, they all died. and It was his Mm. fault. And then you map that with Star-Lord, who loves Earth, loves being from Earth, loves Earth culture. Can't go back to Earth because it's the site of not only his mother's death, but he's afraid that his last living family member blames him for it. Yeah. And you see why him and Rocket sync up so well. Did you see
0: someone point out that in a, I think it's in two, one of Star Lord's best memories is of flying with Rocket? Yeah. And they're, yeah, they're in the yeah. blue sky together. So, like, the, the, them, them becoming friends was built around this, like, very genuine, deep love for being up in the sky. Even though, as we see, Rocket's first time seeing the sky uh on his own is like like as traumatic as it could possibly be um that that is still such an important aspect to him that that's a like integral part of why he became friends with star lord and and like
2: because they can run away
0: they're my new favorite like movie best friends like rocket and star lord yeah
2: it makes so much (laughs) sense they love this sky and space Mm -hmm. because they can run away from whatever (laughs) scares them
1: I'll affect that uh, this finally proves to me that there is that it is possible to adapt uh, Grant Morrison's book, We Three. Mmm. Anybody ever read We Three? No. Tell us about I it. I don't know that one. It's basically Robocop crossed with Homeward Bound. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. So, so essentially, these three animals, a dog, a cat, and a rabbit, are turned into these kind of cybernetic uh, killing machines and are sent on these special missions for the government. And they eventually find a way to break out and they just want to try to get back home to their owner. And it's basically them just avoiding the military, trying to get back home. And oh, I'd watch yeah, the fuck no, out I'm of not, that. I'm not ready yeah, for I'd that. watch the mm-hmm. fuck out of that.
2: That sounds good, but no, I'm not emotionally prepared for that. Because I was terrified by Floor when she first showed oh. up and then we got character. I'm like, oh no, you're gonna die and it's gonna make me sad. Mm. Fuck.
0: Yeah, I think I. Because like we all knew. It was I think genuinely that's, uh, floor gave us all PTSD, PTSD from that
1: scene.
2: Mm. Well, then when you know the high evolutioner shows up and he kills them all, and you just hear in the back, way, gotta run, gotta run, gotta run. Like, oh, I am, I am, I am having emotions for a terrifying CG abomination. Ooh. I. What have you done, Jake? I, I
0: was uh, watching with the um, the subtitle option from the theater I, you, that where they put the little the little. Uh, Monitor in your cup holder. Um, and the the subtitles through that scene are just unnerving. It's it's so bad.
2: <laughs> yeah, I knew I was in trouble when the movie opens with Baby Rocket and the look of fear in that little raccoon's eye. I'm like, fuck, <laughs> I'm in trouble. I am in deep, deep I'm trouble. In danger. <laughs> yes, I'm, in danger. I'm going to feel things that I don't want to feel and it's going to hurt and fuck. It's it's also
0: I I love um I wanna I wanna call out uh Zoe Saldana, dude, what a character to have to play in this movie and to play in a way where we have that we have to fall in love with her as a character again, like the movie mm. makes us do that because she is s- so hard to get along with <laughs> to start. She oh my god I was I was really feeling for the team. Uh, I I love she's that journey. So, for
1: her. She's so sick of everybody's shit because it's not the same Gamora. I, so yeah. it's basically like, her arc has been scrapped completely. I,
0: I, and I love that she gets to do her old a, a whole new arc for herself. Like she's a Ravager now, Ravager Gamora. Like when when a character leaves and comes back in the comics and they're totally different. I just I love that. Just as an actor, she got to do something new because she's been playing this character since what twenty fourteen like, mm-hmm. you know, t- 10 years of putting the green makeup on and she's still doing new, cool, fun stuff with it. I just, I, I yeah. think that's so cool.
2: I also love it because it works as, you know, a metaphor of everyone is trying to work through their grief and then they see, oh wait, no, I don't have to. And she goes, do not put that on me. You need to settle this yourself. I am not the person you lost. And then everyone kind of still be accepting like, no, Gamora really is dead, even though she's right mm-hmm. over there.
1: Yeah. I, my, my favorite scene is when they're in the spacesuits trying to cut into the, uh, the bio planet <laughs> and <laughs> Quill thought he turned the radio <laughs> to private chat yes. and It's like, red is meant to be for yellow. Yellow is for blue. Blue is for green. It's like, how does that make any sense? I think it's fairly intuitive.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, Mantis is just fucking MVP. Oh, God. Filling Mantis is great.
1: Topic. Every character gets like a great moment.
2: They all they all
1: get their yeah. scene to shine,
2: you know. Like some people are like, oh, it's too heavy on Rocket. Like, no, Rocket's just the central character, but everybody gets some. Yeah, everyone's arc is complete by the end. Even Groot finally speaks normal English by the end of the movie. <laughs> so, have you heard the theory about this one? Is a theory that now I'm believing is true because
1: everybody's finally a part of the family, so they understand him now.
2: Well, we've spent nine movies with Groot. We all speak a little bit of group now. Yeah. And like, oh, that makes so much more sense because at first I'm like, why isn't, no, but then it was pointed out like no one's reacting to him speaking so it's very clearly meant to be he's speaking group we just understand, Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Which I wonder, does that mean that every subsequent movie it's going to be Vin Diesel trying to voice act or we're we just going to let it keep being I am in various I, I think
1: they're probably going to keep that character. I think all these characters are kind of going to be shelved for a little
2: while. I think outside of maybe the new Guardians, yeah. Because everyone's like, well, I don't know if I want to come back and do another one because it's going to feel weird without James Gunn at the head. And like, yeah, no, I don't want to see these characters with anybody else because it, it does feel I, weird.
1: Hire back Edgar Wright. Get him, pay him more money. Come back and let him. It'd
2: still feel weird because these are so like, specific. James got to put himself in these characters. Yeah. It has to be like, you want to do a Guardians? Do a new team. Keep the name maybe have references, but these are James Gunn's characters. I'm not ready to accept anybody else.
0: Right. I, I don't foresee them uh, coming back in their own film in the near future. I see them in the like Thor 11 Thunder context. Like The team will
1: definitely be popping back up but n- they'll they'll like, pop up for a cameo, or they'll they'll show up in the Avengers movies later on, or yeah, something like that.
0: Yeah, Guardians Four would be like Phase Six, you know what I mean? Like that's gonna be some some out there stuff.
2: You gotta call it something new because again, it would just feel weird. New Guardians of the Galaxy, characters. yeah. Or the, which is weird because they're comic book characters, and comic book characters constantly have shifting writers. But we all have our favorite writer that wrote for our favorite right. character,
1: yeah. Or they'll show up at some point, like the X Men universe or something like that, whenever they get that that crap off the ground. Oh, huh. start X Men in space, you cowards! Start them off in space. I've kind of given up on them trying to even bother with the X Men at this point because it's like, it's just why bother? It's like, it's just we're getting Wolverine and Deadpool three, but it's like, who the hell knows if that's even gonna work? Right? Do you see the rocks trying
0: yeah. to get in there?
2: Oh God, God, no! Go away, dude! You blew it. Ugh. Go take your billions and go sit in your corner and continue making billions. Stop trying to ruin my movies. You don't have enough fucking money. God,
0: It would be so weird to see uh, an MCU title card followed by a seven. (laughs) What's his production company called? Seven something? Seven seven bucks. Seven bucks. That's it. Oh, Jesus Christ. God, just...
2: I'm trying to think what else there is in this movie I really want to talk I want to talk about the end credit because, again, I knew that one was coming and it still broke.
1: me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, where he's uh, where Star-Lord has gone home. Yeah.
2: He's a kid again with his grandfather. And it made me think of my own grandfather mm. who is in that similar situation. My grandmother passed a, couple, a few years ago. Mm. And then my grandfather's alone. And it's just seeing Chris Pratt as a kid eating Captain Crunch with his grandpa wanting to catch up on the neighborhood things. Like, oh, that is so much more wholesome and feely than
1: I anticipated. <laughs> Did you notice that uh, Peter Quill's grandfather is in Volume Two? Yeah, is he? Yeah, where is he's he? in the the sequence where like the little flowers are splur- are splurting up, and they're sort of like that energy shock wave is like growing on the planets, and there's a that car that gets pushed up on the, on its front end. Oh yeah, that's yeah. actually that yeah, that's Greg Henry, that's Peter Quill's grandfather. He's in there for a little cameo. So this was all planned out.
2: Oh, yeah. James, he's got, I think it said he's He had the rough outline for at least Rocket all the way first, second.
1: Yeah. And, yeah. So, yeah, like everything else just kind of fell into place.
2: But I just love it that, you know, the end credits aren't. Next time in the MCU, it's just like, and this is my character getting closure, right? Time, yeah, and getting to get well, to and it's a it. Star Lord
1: will return someday, maybe it, we don't know.
2: And it, it, it allows the uh, opening shot
0: and the closing shot to be um, this both set in like normal Earth environments that we understand. Like this yeah. whole space journey was still set around a kid from Earth. I, I love that. Mm-hmm. Like the that, circuitous well narrative. Just, yeah. I, I. I. Well,
2: it hammers home. It hammers home why Star Lord has been kind of this infantile goofball. Like he got abducted at eight yeah. years old and then thrust into, and now you're an adult. And just to see this pause of like, no, he gets to be a kid for the first time in his life, and they even kind of make a joke that like, he 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 wants to watch me mow his lawn, he's like forty five years old. Yeah, don't let me get, mm-hmm. no, no, get into it. It was just such a perfect whole scene, yeah. scene. It's a great palate cleanser to this movie, but it's also like, you thought we were done making you feel things? Here's some more.
0: He's the master of the of the post-credit scene in the MCU, too. Like, it, yeah. uh, his uh, Guardians 2 having five of them, what a fucking gas that was. Uh, yeah. and, then, and then to pay it off with, like, all right, this would be the most emotionally resonant uh, post-credit scene that I could ever possibly do. And he just drops it like a baller. Oh my
2: god, he's so good.
1: Dropped it and walked away.
2: <laughs> so, how are you guys feel? Is this the best of the trilogy?
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, and, and it's funny. You can watch the movies grow. Like the movies have their own growth, where you can see it go from this this like cool idea of action set pieces and heists in space. And then the the second one grows into like, yes, all that, but also emotional resonance. And then the third one goes, All right, hold my beer. Like that is <laughs> exactly what the third one is.
1: It's also James Gunn's growth as a filmmaker, because yeah. everyone was like, yes. Oh, like the guy that directed Super is gonna be doing Guardians of the Galaxy. <sighs> yeah, right. Everyone thought that first one was gonna be a huge flop, but it's one of the it's one of the best ones of to phase two. Oh yeah. And then yeah, you go easy. into uh, Volume 2, and it, it has some stumbling blocks. But overall, it's still pretty solid, comp- considering you know, its placement in the MCU. And to, then he gets fired, goes away for a little while, does the Suicide Squad, where he grows there and sets his, plants his flag in DC's back. Right. And then, and then he gets hired to run DC, like I fucking predicted. <laughs> and then comes back and says, Okay, Marvel, you had your shot. I'm walking away. Here this is what you missed out on, and throws them one baller of a movie and just says, I'm done. This is making the basket behind the back, walking off the,
0: the basketball court. That is exactly mm. what this is. Just one it's, it's that Alien
1: resurrection. It's that Alien Resurrection shot where Ripley throws the ball behind her and doesn't even look at the net. Oh, nothing but net. Exactly. Just, oh. Yeah. That's how you do
2: it. No, I, 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 I can't say enough good things about this movie it's like what two and a half hours long and
1: it fucking oh it doesn't feel like it's two and a half hours it does not feel like it
0: when when they get to counter earth and i'm like we i know we're at least halfway through this thing right i was not expecting a full spectacle space station versus space station battle to be the Mm -hmm. the finale
2: nowhere's a pirate ship And,
0: and but they don't lose sight of what's important to the movie which is the crux action sequence of that battle happens in a fucking hallway. Just like your just like yep, your yeah. favorite shit on Netflix. You know what I mean? Like the, the Daredevil Netflix, but they just smoke the fuck out of it because they've got a million fucking dollars for, to burn for the day, right? So I just I love I love that they built this huge thing around one little hallway sequence. And they were like, Yep, I can do that too.
2: Yeah, it recenters on the character.
1: Yeah, it's so the opposite of like Rise of Skywalker, where Mm. it's like ten thousand starships and it's like shooting lightning into the sky and just
2: that should have been cool. Why wasn't uh, that? Why wasn't? How do
1: you fucking make that lame? (laughs) God damn it, Abrams! They're fighting over top of
0: like these massive buildings that are much more interesting than the little like cliff area that Ray and Palpatine end up around. Like, you're cutting from the most boring cave that you can't see anything in to the space above it. Yeah.
2: Oh, that reminded me. Rocket accepting that he's a raccoon. Oh, yeah! Oh, oh yeah!
0: <laughs> that was just for the audience, right? Like, that was <laughs> yanking, the, chains, well, yanking the audience chain for, like, six movies in a row, and he finally goes, okay, yeah, he's a raccoon.
2: Well no. Axel pointed it out to me. It's like when you're in therapy and accepting your diagnosis of this is what I have. Yeah. That was rocket accepting that going I am a raccoon mm. and that's not a bad thing. Look, I brought all these little versions of me. They're like my Well cuz
0: he has the same issue that his maker has. He's got a god complex. He knows he's important yes. and special. Uh and so he he's he but he's at war with the reality of his creation, like he's he's such a great inroad for the story of man.
2: Yeah, no, I love this movie. I love how it and everyone gets wrapped. Like they're not fixed, but they are radically better places than they were when we first met them. I mean, the dance sequence at the end with Drax finally dancing and Nebula smiling. Mm. Nebula's never smiled.
1: Everybody gets an arc. Like, this is how you write a goddamn trilogy. Ugh. You know? Yeah. It's it's not... Compare this to, like, Man of Steel to BVS to Justice League. Does that feel like a trilogy? (laughs) Or does it feel like constant resetting of all the bullshit over and over again? Just I I
0: love the way these movies dive deeper and deeper. Like, the the first one's pretty sprawling in its locations. And then the second one's like, ah, we're just going to kind of keep this all around ego. And then this this third one gets even smaller. I feel like where it's like ah, we're just gonna follow the core team members on on their like little mission and and let them bounce off of the rest of this huge space world. This this felt like a space epic. Like I really feel like we saw yeah. the Marvel space uh, spread acro- not only across this trilogy but
1: uh, specifically in this movie. If you had told me that this if you if you let, let's say I had walked into this and I didn't know anything about Marvel. If you had told me that these 3 movies were just like, oh they're just a the space fantasy epic, I wouldn't even know that they were Marvel movies.
0: They really do stand on their own like that.
1: Yeah, that that's the good that's the way this should have been done right from the get-go, and that's why these are the best kinds of movies in the MCU because they feel like James Gunn movies first, MCU movies second. They're not serving a grander narrative here. Mm. Like, the, like maybe the first one does because it ties into the the Thanos stuff a little bit, but second and third they set up that Yeah, it. they set up a little bit of Thanos, but there's not a lot of, not a lot, not a lot of else. It's just
2: it's- well, it built out space, and if they're smart, they're going to use this palette to kind of okay, now we've got yeah, use space. Let's kind of you know Captain Marvel's out here, swords out here, the cosmicky stuff out here. We've established what space looks like. And if they're yeah. smart, they will build on that because as a backdrop, that's just visually mm. interesting.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if the new Guardians of the Galaxy show up in like the Fantastic Four movie. Ooh, I
2: really wouldn't be surprised because I mean they got to get Galactus in there at some point. That's true. But they that's they're gonna be dumb and they're gonna rush Galactus and they. Oh, sh- you know they're now. going
0: to because of Kang now too. That like
1: y- yeah, <laughs> like now that all that bullshit's you know been piling up. or like, okay, just, just shift, 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 get away, get away, get away. My,
0: my, Yeah. My big prediction is there's going to be a Wizard of Oz themed Marvel movie. I don't know who, who's going to get strapped with this one, but it's going to be Wizard of Oz themed and it's going to be a big reveal of Kang was the face of a uh, man behind the curtain and it's going to be Galactus. I don't know how they're going to do it, but it's going to be the biggest rush job to be like, nope, we planned this the whole time, I promise.
1: Sure. You
0: mean you didn't want to get away from a fucking
1: abusive creep? Oh, okay. Like Because
0: the, the, this yeah. is the mission for the MCU now. All the villains need to be as good as the High Evolutionary. Yeah. Yeah,
2: they really did set the bar incredibly because high. Because the, they I can't lean
0: that. on Kang uh, outside of Loki. Um, so they they really, really need to buckle down. they need to go back to their phase one thoughts on villains, you know, like mm-hmm. like we we love an evil bastard that kills kids and and tortures animals. you know what I mean like we can we can stand somebody who's just objectively evil for our our good characters to bounce off of. That's part of the fun of the storytelling.
2: All I'm saying is it's not too late to introduce more. Than awesome. True.
1: No, you can't because it's like Sony still owns Spider Man.
2: Listen, just pay Sony whatever they want, (laughs) promise them a billion dollars. Just buy
1: Sony already and get it the fuck over
2: with. Just Or just buy Spider Man. I don't want them to buy Sony because monopolies are bad. And and like Oh
1: oh like like Disney doesn't own everything? (laughs) Seriously, they're trying to fucking, you know, sue the fucking governor of Florida right now. And they probably will win. Well, that
2: one's fucking fun. They're going to win because they have better lawyers and they're not idiots. Yeah. The, the, the way
1: in I, which... I was, I, was about to, I was about to say Disney's not fascist, but then I thought, no, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> the, the kind of, the kind of... Yeah, they're
2: tapping the, wow. the
0: way in which Sony seems to operate with their like production ideas outside of animation, um, I don't... I, I understand why Disney's not trying to acquire them. Like, look at some of the... Like, Morbius, There's no look at that decision. Like, that is an example of what they do as a studio. That is not close to what the MCU does. It's been, it's been. <laughs> yeah,
2: they're there to make them look good. It's like, you may not have liked Love and Thunder, but it wasn't glorious. Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> see this pawn scum? We're going to turn this into some kind of a gourmet meal for you, see? Right. We can totally do it. We don't have Gordon Ramsay, but we have, like, the ninth best person in line to Doing.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna feed you raw oh. fish eggs. I mean
1: caviar. <laughs> 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 Looking forward to Madame Webb and Craven the Hunter coming to your theater oh. later this year. <laughs> God. Who gives a shit? Nobody cares. Oh.
0: Yeah, I understand why they're not oh. buying Sony. That would be a bloodbath.
1: The only thing that we they could really work with is uh the Spider Man stuff. That's it.
2: Yeah, like I said, Norman Osborne, you do the whole two thousands run of Norman Osborne where he was evil er Lex Luthor, that would be a fascinating villain.
1: Yeah. Oh, is that the uh, the Dark Rain stuff? Pedro yeah, Pascal the... yeah, as Lex
0: Luthor. Not or not Lex Luthor, as uh, as Norman Osborne. As as your Lex uh... Luthor version of Norman Osborne.
1: I could see it. Wasn't it recently leaked who is up on the front runner as being Lex Luthor in the new Superman movie?
2: There's a bunch of stuff. Wasn't it and James um, Gunn said don't buy any of it. Yeah, uh, no it can was comicbook.com the It's posted. Nicholas Holt is Yeah, Nicholas, Nicholas Holt. Holt is the one which eh, feels like a better version of Jesse Eisenberg but not a Brian Cranston for fuck's sake, it's right there. No, I want Clancy Brown.
1: I'll take
0: that, too. <laughs> they they want longevity in their villains for their series. So I understand the the young... Casting young. The casting, casting young. young. I, I, I just watched Mad Max Fury Road again recently, so I'm feeling especially shined on Nicholas Holt. I could see him doing a a, a cool Lex Luthor that is very not Jesse Eisenberg. I could see him doing, like, an NFT, uh, like, like, corporate... Uh, tech CEO kind of thing. You know what I mean? Oh, like God, Andrew God. Garfield in uh, um the social network. Like I I could see him doing something like that where it's like,
1: just make him racist Rockefeller for fuck's sake. But yeah, dude. in the
0: background. Like, uh, have you guys been watching Succession at all?
1: So no, It um, depressed me too much. I couldn't. No, I get it. <laughs> um, Alexander. Sk- That's why I gave up on Euphoria as well. Oh, true. Depressing. That one's, yeah, that one's harder
0: to watch, I think. Um, the, uh, Alexander Skarsgård plays like essentially the Elon Musk stand in for, ah! for that world. And he, he is that character. He's like front facing. He's super smart and slick and like really, really cool. And then in the background they find up he's like a fucking pervert and, and like sending blood to his assistant. <laughs> and sh- the fuck? Yeah. He's like, he's like a, a terrible person shockingly well,
1: everybody's a terrible
0: person on that show. so, so I, i'm yeah. just saying i could see that as a take on lex Luthor. i could see that version where it's like i've got more money than god and i want to fuck around with this superhero
2: no i like the idea that they kind of played around with when we all thought the rock was gonna play him and it's like he has reached physical excellence he has reached mental excellence and then this guy showed up and he can't match him the and animated
0: series forth. version yeah
1: yeah. Yeah, like
2: that seems like the most fun one. Like, this guy's the pinnacle of humanity, and then this space dude shows up, and he's just better than him inherently, and he hates him. And he's out to prove, like, then you can have some fun with the. He's out to prove that, no, this guy cannot possibly be as good as he is because I'm right. the best. So, nobody, if I'm the best, you kind of take a little bit from the high evolutionary of no one can be better than me, and you sprinkle it on Lex Luthor. Oh, boy.
1: I can see it. Can we just get. Can we just get the guy that played the high evolutionary to play Luthor? I would, or, I would okay. dig oh, his awesome Lex Luther. Yeah, absolutely. Have we ever had a black Lex Luther except for outside of the, uh, Batman animated series? I don't think so.
0: I think that, I, I think <laughs> that was the only incarnation of that. It's time for it then. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Dude, the animated yeah.
0: series is the template. Like, yeah, do that one. Oh, uh, uh, Rick, you and Axel, I think, did an episode on that, right? Like, they, it really, yeah.
2: Yeah, we just did one on that. It's not out yet, but we just did one that basically broke down, like, this was successful, and this wasn't successful. And it's because they had a very strong template. And even the idea of they introduced characters you've never heard of, but they trusted their audience enough to go, like, it's okay. They'll yeah. follow us. We don't have yeah. to hold their hand. Which were fucking kids, which says something about how studios view their audience.
0: Well, and and they they use their main characters, Batman and Superman, and their trust level of the new characters to inform the the audience how to feel about them. Like Hot Girl's scary when you first get to know her, and then you get to love her. Like personality being that way. Um, yeah, it's it's so good. Um, well, let's 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 bring this uh, ship to a. To a to a close here. This has been an all over the place episode, but it's
1: hard not to when we talk Marvel and get these three minds together, right? I mean, it, it's just nice that we had. For I think this was the this was the first time I'd seen a Marvel movie in theaters since I think Black. I think I saw Black Panther two in theaters mainly because we just had that discussion with Heather Antos. Yeah. Uh, but that was the first one I'd seen in theaters for a while, and I think this is probably the last one I'll see in theaters because I just. Everything on the slate for coming forward, I'm just like, nah, I just don't care. I'm just, I'm just, a lot of people are saying like, this is kind of like the end of the road for them. I get I mean, it. You know? and,
0: and if, if, if they don't dust up their, uh their visual palette a little better, I, I might be in the same ship. Like if everything is going to continue looking samey, I don't need to see it in theaters. This looked different. Like this, they really went out. Of, there's anime shots in this movie. Like oh, straight yeah. up anime
1: shots. And I love it. Yeah, like what do we see in here? We saw a little bit of Akira in this thing. Oh yeah. Uh, what else is what else is? Oh man, just and, and
0: the Adam Warlock uh attack on the Guardians at the beginning. The way they shoot around his body and like elongate his arms into the camera and things like that. Like that is anime. That is, like, yeah, just showcasing um anime uh, shot structure. And I, I think it's a really cool way to go for for showing off what superheroes look like. In, in still a amplified way without trying to make it super realistic like Man of Steel where it's like I can't see he's too fast you know it's like yeah <laughs> when they show Dragon Ball Z characters outside of the fights and they're like yeah I can't even pay attention yeah that's how I feel uh, I, I don't need that and you know, I need to be able to f- see what's happening
1: yeah just, yeah this is if this is a hint of what's coming with Superman Legacy then I'm, I think it's in good hands oh what
0: kind of Superman action sequence one cut is he gonna pull off? Can you imagine?
1: I think it's gonna be. This is just an inference here, but the way that Superman fights Darkseid, or not Darkseid, um, uh, Steppenwolf in the ju- in the Justice League that Joss Whedon did, yeah, where he just kind of shows up and he very slowly moves around him and he's too fast for him. That's what he's gonna do. Damn. He's going to do it, but he's going to do it the right way. And it's not going to look like utter ass.
2: (laughs) I just really hope that Disney takes the correct lessons from this movie and kind of goes back to what worked for them before of each of these movies is their own singular, unique thing that builds and ties together rather than these are all the same things and they all set up each other because that's where Phase 4 kind of lost it because they didn't feel stylistically different. I, like, yeah.
1: I, what's next on the docket? Is it the Marvels? Is it the next one? I
2: think one? so. Yeah, the Marvels, which I don't, that one looks fun, which is my bargain. It
1: looks fun, but it, it's it, just it, fun. It, it, I might, it seems a little insufferable because just like Kamala Khan just like constantly geeking out all the time about Carol Danvers. I was like, oh, God. okay, okay. Oh, yeah, but that—that's going to be the entire movie, please. That's
0: their target audience. That's how their target audience uh, feels right now. Uh, you know,
1: like eh.
2: the scuttlebutt I'm hearing is that's to get you in, and then it's going to flip and get shut down immediately, and be a story of don't meet your heroes, kids. Oh, that sounds okay. fun.
1: That sounds
0: really fun.
1: <laughs> Who's directing that one? Oh, good question. I don't even know. Yeah, it's yes, not. It's, a it's not the ones that did the first one. I know they're gone.
2: No, it's a new group. I have no idea, but that's the other thing. Is Nia DeCosta. Nia,
1: Nia Oh! Why
2: does that name okay. sound uh, she
0: did?
1: Yeah,
2: she uh, did Candy the new Man.
0: Candyman, which was excellent.
2: Oh, okay. Okay. It's gonna look good at the very least. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I just thought of a person that
1: could replace uh Kang, the actor. Oh yeah? Yaya Abdul Mateen. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> there you go. Done. I fixed it. I did it! I can Marble, you can send you me go. my
0: check. Listen, they uh it's all done. They did it with uh Terrence Howard, you know, like they could do it. it. They're just allowed to do it. I just want to say they don't have to take away any Kang stuff, just recast him. It won't matter.
2: Yeah, it's a multiverse. This is a different universe of Kang.
0: Own the L. Just own up to it, dude. Just say just say we fucked up. The new the new Kangs should like enter as an army and wipe out the old Kangs and like a CGI Bukaki
1: opening scene. Oh, it's perfect. Right. Another, a Kang an- Civil War. another universe outside of it completely is made of another version of Kang shows up and just wipes out the old a- one. Perfect. and, 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 the,
0: and Solve the problem. Their, their mission. Like it doesn't even matter because they weren't expecting another Kang incursion, which is the most Kang thing to do. Right. Like,
2: yeah no I can fucking dig that that works perfectly and that would be cool
1: it's sounding more and more like an episode of Rick and Morty and it's totally okay with me
0: listen the, the writing was not the issue on that show let's be honest and let's end the show there because I don't want to talk about that uh, we're not talking about that <laughs> moving on moving on uh, to the end Jesse thank you so much for uh, for being here and seeing this with us um, your your thoughts were, were very acute for uh, Guardians 3 this is a home run uh, Ulrich you as well thank yes. you so much for being here absolutely happened. well that's gonna do it on this one we'll talk to you next time on two whatevers uh, we have new episodes out on Sisu for this show we also have new film rescue episodes coming out every week so make sure you check those out that's gonna do it for us
1: well we're off season now we finished up this evening. Uh
0: as this episode comes out I think we will still have film rescue episodes coming out
1: No, Black Adam just got released.
0: Oh, did it? Oh, I didn't know that one was out already. Okay, well, (laughs) in that that case. Film
1: Rescue Season 8 is done. We are wrapped up in season.
0: In that case, just look out for more Two Whatevers. Uh, I've been your host, Seth. Thanks for listening. Good night. In the words of Lambshank,
1: Thank you! (laughs)